know that we've strayed from you. But dear God, we believe you're the God of restoration. You're the, the God who will revive us. And Father, we know in Psalm 85, the word says, Will you not revive us again? Will you not come and restore us? Will you not come in power and touch people's lives and bring back those who have, have wandered away and bring them home, dear Lord? We ask these things. And we pray for each and every one here today that's been mentioned for salvation. We pray for healing. We pray for deliverance. We pray for strength. We pray for courage. That, dear God, today that we press into you, O oh God, and that we wouldn't draw back. We pray today that you would do a mighty work in our hearts and lives because, Lord, you're the answer. And there is no other answer. We pray, Lord, for those in authority. We pray that you would, from the very top to the very bottom of those who are in authority over us, that you have placed there, that, dear God, you would uh, touch them and may their hearts turn to Jesus. May they truly look and begin to question about the things they see. And may, as a result, they turn and repent and come to the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, on this celebration weekend, we ask you to do a mighty work here as many will gather here in Lake City. And all over this country, as people are looking at fireworks and as they uh, are, are having hamburgers and hot dogs and as they have family together. But Lord, in the midst of that, would you dwell? Would you come? And dear Lord, today may we really say thank you, Jesus, for this land. A land of freedom, a land of opportunity, a land of blessing. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place today. We thank you for what you're doing in the body of Christ, the bride. Because we believe the groom is at the door and he's coming back soon. And so help us to get our hearts ready. Help us, Lord, to have our, our lamps truly trimmed with all of the Holy Spirit. And may you truly return in power. And dear Lord, that you would take back with you a, a beautiful bride, a church that's radiant with your beauty. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Help me. Help me. We've gotten into a political rally here in just a moment. Now, wait a minute. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. I, I love what y'all are saying and all, but this is the Word of God. I know the political realm, obviously, as good as anybody, okay? Thank you, Lord. But uh, pray for those in authority, and you're going to see right here in the Word, that's exactly what it says. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, look at what it says. <laughs> We'll look at verse 1 through verse 4. First of all, then, I urge you that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone. Now look, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
For there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity, Christ Jesus himself, human, who gave himself a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. Tomorrow being 4th of July, Independence Day. America's a great place to live. While it's not a perfect place, and we know that we have strayed away, it is a great place to live. The greatest nation, I believe, and that's why we see people wanting to come from all over the world to live in the United States of America. Even with the problems that America has, and even with what we see happening in the world today. Yet America is a obviously very great place, but it's also a crazy place. Let me read a couple things to you. Only in America are there handicapped parking places in front of a skating rink. <laughs> Only in America do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back to get their prescriptions, while healthy people can buy suntan lotion up front. Only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, and a Diet Coke. Only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and fill our garages with junk. Only in America do we use answer machines to screen calls and have call waiting so we won't miss a call from someone we didn't want to talk to in the first place. <laughs> Only in America do we buy hot dogs and packages of 10 and buns and packages of 8. <laughs> Only in America. The Apostle Paul has given us several things here real simply and very quickly that I believe here that we need to truly do to keep America great. And when we see this here, the first thing he says is, is that we need to pray. We need to pray for America. We sometimes get tired and weary and we begin to become apathetic and believe that God has not answered our prayers. But in the right time, in the right season, when God knows that perfect timing, that he'll answer our prayers. We need to pray for America. We need to continue on. We not, be not, need not be discouraged because we don't always see immediate prayers. A lot of times... Uh, prayer work is done behind the scenes by intercessors, you and I, and by those who are called with the gift of intercession, and they never get recognized. We may never get recognized on this side, but let me tell you, on the other side, you're going to be recognized today. Because we enjoy our freedom today because of what our founding fathers, our fathers, our brothers, sisters, our sons and daughters have done to get and preserve this freedom here. Our freedom certainly didn't come very cheap. The patriots fought and died, and, and they gave us our, the freedom of religion there. Many today say, well, it's a freedom from religion. No, it's a freedom of religion. People have the right to come and worship as they desire. I don't agree with some of it. They're not Christian. and certainly not according to the Word of God. But they have that right. They have that choice. They have that freedom. And are we a Christian nation today? Well... That's debatable whether or not we are or not. Most people will say, or a lot of people will say, that yes, I'm a Christian. And yet, when you begin to see their lifestyles, and when you begin to see what they do and how they live their lives, is that you realize, well, maybe not. Maybe they don't know, because maybe they've never looked at what the Word of God says here. The first settlers of America came here to express their religious faith for freedom of worship. The pilgrims who came to Plymouth Rock on the Mayflower wrote the Mayflower Compact in 1620. Listen to what it says. In the name of God, amen. Having undertaken for the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith, do solemnly and mutually in the presence of God covenant and combine ourselves together. 22 years later, the New England Confederation was written. Listen to what he says. 
Whereas we all came into these parts with one and the same end and aim, namely to advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and to enjoy the liberties of the gospel and purity and peace. What do we have today? A group of people who are trying to eliminate and exterminate not only the word of God from public, but certainly the very idea of God out of this culture today. Look at the recent decisions by the Supreme Court. Look at certainly the, the perilous times that we're facing today as we look at possibly within the next few years is that uh, several possibly Supreme Court justices will be up for, again, uh, that placement in those positions of vacancy. It's very critical who we put in office. And we as Christians are, as Leslie said, we're responsible for praying for those in authority and we are responsible for voting. What people say today, and let me correct this because I do not believe this. They say, vote your conscience. No, vote according to the word of God is how you vote. Amen? You hear that all the time and I want to say no and I, I sometimes will scream at the TV when I hear it. Don't vote at your conscience today because what's happened is are many people's consciences are seared because they're not walking according to the word of God. You look at the word of God and you begin to ask the Lord of God, who has a tender heart in this campaign towards God Almighty, towards Jesus Christ? Who has a tender heart? Towards Jesus Christ in this campaign. And to me, it's very easily said. I mean, very easily observed. It's not like it's a question here and what we see happening today. And I'm going, why do people continue to put corrupt people in office who we know without a certain of a doubt have a history, not just in one occasion, but way back, corruption after corruption after corruption after corruption, is because people are blinded to the truth, because Satan has blinded their eyes, and they're deceived by Satan himself. And they continue to put the same ones in office, and we get, obviously, what we put in there. We get what we vote for, what we deserve in many ways. But let me tell you today, if the church rises up and it votes like it should, and we don't have like a 40% uh, turnout from Christians, so-called Christians, and we have even a 60 or 70 or 80% turnout, which we should today, let me tell you, there'll be godly people that will again be put in these, in these places of authority, and they will be held accountable to their actions to the people that govern this country. Because it's about the people today. We the people... Not we, the politicians, who are corrupt as the day is long. You see, today, we need to obviously get on our faces before God. And we need to cry out to Him for revival to begin with. But we need to pray that God would place godly men and women in offices of authority today. If you and I, obviously, right here, you, do you realize what a powerhouse this place is? Not because of us but because of God Almighty today in this place. Do you realize the power that Lighthouse Fellowship has just to influence here the League City Council? Obviously, the things through this city, throughout this state, in the state of Texas today, and also out throughout this world, if you and I would rise up and we would take a stand and we would say, no, this is enough, no more of this, and begin to vote these people out of office, who say one thing, and the moment they step in office, they do the complete opposite thing today. It's a disgrace, and they must think you and I are stupid. And sometimes today, I believe the way we respond, maybe we are. And God is saying today that you and I 
have a responsibility. And it is a dire sacred because why? Our founding fathers and those who have gone before us have provided freedom. Freedom of religion. Freedom to be able to stand in this pulpit today and declare these truths that I'm declaring to you today. You want to see something that will break your heart. They're uh, having a uh, meeting of three of the men that survived Benghazi. It's on Fox News. And they interviewed them. And they gave detailed uh, information about what happened those 13 hours. I want to tell you there, I wept. I sat there and wept as I listened to those men. And so they wept also of what happened and how this country turned its back on our people. How this country did not do what it is called to do. For whatever reasons, I don't know. May God have mercy upon us. Obviously, what we see happening is much different than our founding fathers had. They gave their lives that we could stand here today. Listen what the framers of the Constitution wrote in 1776. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress, assembled appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. We mutually pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. When the First Continental Congress met, they're debating about the Declaration of Independence. What happened? Ben Franklin got up and said, Gentlemen, it is true that not one petal from a flower falls to the ground without escaping God's attention. Will the distress of this nation go unheeded? Therefore, let us determine to seek his face. And after saying that, 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence went to their knees and began to pray and to seek God's wisdom. And they cried out, Almighty God, what do you want for this nation? What we just saw there in Congress with those somehow uh, sitting down on the Congress floor instead of getting on their knees... It's a disgrace for this nation, what we see happening today. And let me tell you today, unless we repent, unless we turn our hearts back to God, we'll continue down the same road. But God is saying, we've got an opportunity here. Fifty-six brave men signed our Declaration of Independence. Do you realize the price that they paid for your independence and mine and the freedoms that we enjoyed Five were captured and tortured by the British before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned to the ground. Two lost their sons in the American Revolution. One had two sons captured in the war for our independence. Nine fought and died from wounds of the Revolutionary War. One, a wealthy Virginia trader, saw his ship destroyed and had to sell his home to pay his debts. He died in poverty. Thomas McKean had... To constantly move his family because of British harassment. He served in Congress without pay and he died in poverty. Thomas Nelson urged General Washington to destroy his home when it was taken over by the British and used as a command post and he died in bankruptcy. Your freedom and independence came to us at a great cost. Our founding fathers were committed to not only obtaining freedom for future generations, they were committed to Christian principles. John Quincy Adams speaking there of the Declaration of Independence. From the time of the Declaration of Independence, 
The American people were bound by the laws of God and the laws of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which they all acknowledge as the root of their conduct. We all came together to obey the word of God. George Washington, in his farewell address, do not let anyone claim tribute of American patriotism if they even attempt to remove religion from politics. Patrick Henry said, It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. These men and hundreds of men more paid the price that this nation could certainly stand upon the principles of God and the foundation of Jesus Christ, in whom is Lord over all. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Even the demons in hell will bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ today. And don't listen to how they revised our history books and saying that Jesus Christ didn't have anything to do with this country. And that is not true. That's revised. They've revised everything and changed everything. I heard a little boy, I think he was 12 years old on the radio the other day, and they were talking about the fact that somehow what he was learning in school, he realized it wasn't the truth that his parents had taught him. And so he went home and his parents had history books there, and he began to read the truth there about some of those history books that did have the truth in it. And to realize his parents got involved and found out that they had excluded all these things we're talking about today from the recent history books. Our children are being raised, what? In a pagan society. In a pagan school system today. School systems that are continuing to say, well, because you're transgender, that boys can go into girls' bathrooms. As little kids today, they're cheating children. I told you in Washington State about that it's okay to be transgender and all that. As kindergartners, let me tell you, we are in a reprobate society. And unless we repent and come back to the truth, and unless God sends a move of His Spirit across this land... And you and I should cry out for revival today like we never have before. I believe we're there, but God are looking for broken hearts in you and in me to cry out to Him until revival comes, until God's people again get on their faces and cry out to God Almighty saying, God, only you can do this. That's what He's looking for today. Restore us. Restore us. These men and hundreds more, they were the ones that paid the price. We need to pray for our leaders. And we need to pray for America. The second thing is, he says here, he says that we need to live righteous lives. It says in verse 2, And godliness and honesty, standards set forth in God's word. You realize that the very framework of our nation's government was patterned after the Bible? We've got three branches of our government. Executive, legislative, and also judicial, judicial. That went back to Isaiah chapter 33. And it says, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king. He will save us. The judge, the judicial branch, lawgiver, the legislative branch, and king, the executive there. And certainly not a king in the sense we think. I think we have one that believes he's a king now, but really he's not. He's a president. Pardon me for getting into politics. Our founding fathers looked to the word of God to organize the government of our nation. They laid the foundation. We're to build upon it. And I realize that we've strayed away from God's word there. 
And we see today that they're trying to do away with any mention of the word God taken in God we trust off of our currency and trying to take under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance here and trying to take down the Ten Commandments out of public view. All these things they're trying to do. It. The liberals have come in and they've lost their minds or else they're going by what their mind thinks. They haven't lost their minds necessarily, have they? They're doing exactly what we believe they said they would do. Some trying to eliminate even the mention of God. It's not a lot, obviously. It's dishonoring to the Lord. In Proverbs 14, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Sin has disgraced God's name in our nation. Just take a look at it. Marriages and divorce rates, 50%, even amongst Christians. I've, had, uh, I've officiated at two weddings here recently, and both couples came together, and they vowed a vow of celibacy before they got married. That's refreshing, isn't it? I very seldom hear that. Because I'll ask them some and I'll go, are you guys, y'all living together? Yeah, we're living together. Yeah. Yeah, we're living together. Y'all are fornicating. Yeah, we're fornicating. They know what it means. I don't have to say you're having sex. They know what fornicating means. They, yeah, we're doing that too. And because we've dumbed down the Word of God is people believe that everything is okay. You see, today, when we go in and we don't live pure lives before God Almighty today, we pay the consequences. And that's why we're having the consequences in our society today. Because a lot of, of kids growing up, they don't know who their father is. They have no idea. There's no family structure. When I was in Ecuador here a few weeks ago, the divorce rate there I'm, is high as anything. And the people that I counseled with and prayed with, most of them had been married again, and a lot of them were living together. And all this stuff today, and I thought, just like in the United States, the same thing. It's all over like that. Sin is sin. Whether it be here in the United States or whether it be down in South America. Sin is sin. Until we come back to the plumb line of the Word of God, then let me tell you today, we're on the way to destruction. Because God Almighty has got it right. And none of us can argue about that, can we? We can say amen. Because the Word of God is our plumb line. And we've strayed away from it. Teenage pregnancies. They half of them end up in abortions. 60% of 12 to 18-year-olds claim to be Christians are sexually active there. In, since 1976, child abuse has been up over 200%. Pornography, sexual abuse, broken homes, abuse of power, all of that today. It's all skewed. It's all messed up. Who can get it right? Only Jesus Christ. Only Jesus coming back and touching us by the power of His Spirit can bring it back the way it should be. Sin has disgraced our nation there. And that's something we can do something about there that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. We need to live those righteous lives, don't we? But the third thing is we need to share Christ. The unbelieving world is shouting out its message. The gays and lesbian, they're speaking out, aren't they? The abortionists, they're speaking out, aren't they? Are the liberals speaking out? Yes, they are. They're speaking out by voting. 
They'll go to the polls. I ride down the Gulf Freeway all the time. Y'all know Planned Parenthood, that big, huge building that our taxpayers pay for, that they have abortions and abortions today. It is a disgrace today. I don't want it in this country today. It's killing. It is murder. It is murder of a child in a womb. And there's no other way to put it. I don't know what else to say. I can't make it politically correct. It is murder in a woman's womb. Because some of them here, even recently here in the state of Texas, wanted to have abortions right up to, what, five months or whatever. You know, that's a child at that time. We know that. And anybody in their right mind, even if they're blinded by it, knows it's a child. And how they, what they do to that child, to abort that child, I don't even want to go there. This country is under God's judgment unless we repent, unless He sends revival today. Now, the sad truth is, Christians in America are the majority, but we a lot of times we're doing very, very little to speak up. Because we need to go outside the church here. There's just a few things that happen here within these four walls, within the couple hours you're here. What happens is where, I, where the rubber hits the road and our feet hit the pavement out there. And we go forth and declare that Jesus is Lord in a, in a way where people can receive Christ and understand the error of their ways and be convicted and repent and come back to Jesus today. I believe the fields are ripe for harvest. Amen. I believe that today. I can't believe anything else today. I'm seeing something happen. I hear the sound of thunder in the distance today. Let me tell you, church. And I believe it's a move of the Spirit of God today. And we need to beckon Him. And we need to beseech Him. And we need to call on Him to come and restore us as a nation under God Almighty. The story of a little girl coming from a coming home from church. As they drove home from church, a little Susie turned to her mother and said, Mommy... There's something the preacher said this morning I don't understand. What's that, honey? Well, he said that God is bigger than we are. He said that God's so big that he could hold the whole world in his hand. Is that true? The mother replied, yes, honey, that's true. But mommy, he also said that God comes to live inside of us when we trust Jesus to be our Savior and our Lord. Is that true? And the mother assured little Susie that that's what the pastor had said was true. And what puzzled, with a puzzled look on her face... Little Susie then asked, if God is bigger than us and he lives in us, wouldn't he show through? (laughs) Wouldn't he show through? I like that, don't you? Because I can understand it. He should show through. If God lives in in us, then he should show through. The only hope for America is Jesus. Matthew 5. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In Psalm 33, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. When our nation is following the Lord, we're blessed. I want to give warning today. What we're seeing throughout the world is going to happen more here in this country. This is not a self-fulfilling prophecy. I believe it. We're going to see more of it. We need to pray for protection. You can see God's the only protection we have. Government can't protect you. In fact, it looks like they don't even want to. They want to make it worse. But God is our protection today. He is, the Bible says, our refuge and our strength. 
Turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. And we'll conclude with this in the next few minutes. It's also the chapter talking about the birth of Christ. But Isaiah chapter 9, verse 9. Look at what he says. In verse 9 of Isaiah. All the people, Ephraim, and the inhabitants of Samaria will know it. They will say with pride and arrogance, The bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with, with cut stones. The sycamores have been cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. I believe what was happening here was the people were filled with pride. Because we'll rebuild. We will be rebuilt. And the people that obviously were there, the World Trade Centers, when the Twin Towers fell, they came back and said, we, we will rebuild. And if you notice, during that time of 9-11 afterwards, people gathered and they began, actually the churches uh, became pretty full of people. And people began to worship. They were scared. So they came to church. They kind of came here. Didn't know why they were coming, but they came. They came. They said, we, because that fear. But you see, we have a real short memory. Even I heard somebody talking about on the news the other day, talking about is that many have already forgotten Orlando. We've forgotten all about it. You see, God Almighty today he is giving us a heads up. And when the people become proud and say, we don't need God Almighty, the Bible says the Bible is that God is opposed to the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Pride goeth before what? A fall. Always. Let me say something. I'm proud to be American. Okay? But let me tell you, I'm proud. Obviously, I boast in the cross. I boast in Jesus. He established it. My allegiance is Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. Don't allow that pride to slip over into an area to where we believe that we're more haughty or any better than anybody else because we're not today. And God is whittling us down or allowing that to happen down to size to where we can walk humbly before Him. Because sometimes I believe maybe because we feel like that we're a little bit better than somebody else. We're not any better than anybody else on this earth. The ground at the cross is level and we all come the same way. And we put on our shirts and ties and dress up and we come in here and we get all right and we see somebody doesn't look like us or kind of like us, doesn't smell like us, or doesn't talk like us, or whatever else. And before long, you are judging a book by its cover. And God Almighty said, I'll not have any of it. Because in this revival that's going to take place, there are going to be people that don't smell like us, that don't look like us, that don't act like us, 
that maybe don't speak like us, people today that you're going to kind of maybe want to turn away from, and God is saying, don't turn away from them. They're precious, and I love souls. Don't become arrogant and prideful because we live in this great nation. I believe God is bringing us down and showing us that we need to become humble before Him. The second condition is internal confusion. And we look at it in verse 17, 16 here. The leaders of the people, in verse 16, mislead them, and those they mislead are swallowed up. We have gotten leaders who are leading us astray. And what happens is, is that as a result of that, the nation begins to become confused, and we see anarchy beginning to rise up. Haven't you seen it? There's fighting in the streets. They're burning the buildings. And what happened there in Baltimore, Maryland, is the mayor said, let them burn it down. Let them get it out of their system. That's what what she said. Let them burn it down. Let them get it out of their system. I thought, may God have mercy on us that we have come to that attitude. Oh, she started walking it back some after she realized. But what came out of her heart was right there. Anarchy, confusion. How much confusion do we see in this nation today? Because the leaders are leading us astray. We put ungodly men and women into office because we didn't seek the Lord's heart on it, or we didn't vote, or we didn't stand up. We haven't repented. God is saying internal confusion will take place. The third condition was ignoring the warning signs. Verse 13, look at it. Verse 13. The people did not turn to him who struck them. They did not seek the Lord of hosts. God was striking them, striking them. God has given us a wake-up call. Look at earthquakes. They were talking about, I don't know when this will happen, but it could happen at any time. Is it the uh, Andreas Fault underneath California that runs along? They said that it is ripe to obviously quake, that it can happen at any time, and it's going to be a big one from what they're saying. I believe the only thing that's holding it back is God Almighty today because He could release that and let it go because it's happening all over the world. Look at the flooding today. And you say, yeah, but we've had flooding all through history. Not like what we have now. Look at the flooding. Pay attention because God has given us warning signs today and the church is not paying attention to it. The world won't pay attention because they can't. They don't see it like that. But they're going to become more and more fearful We see today the pestilences. We see the Zika. We see all this stuff going on today. We see the lawlessness today with ISIS. ISIS is striking, isn't it? Striking. You think they've all of a sudden said, well, we've kind of completed. Let's go over for a respite. No, there is no respite with this group. They're going to strike again. Our only protection is the Lord. The day you have a warning sign, we are speaking of it. And I know today the Spirit is speaking to His church and saying, Heads up, church. Be awake. Because the time is near. I believe the bride's coming back. Amen. 
I, I mean, the, the groom is coming back. I believe the bride is getting ready. Amen? I believe we're in a time where I believe it's critical. And I believe all we've got to do is say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come. Usher in the groom, oh God. Come on back, Lord. But what did he say when that earlier passage? He wishes all to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. The fourth thing is a progressive worsening of wickedness. In verse 18, it says, For wickedness burns as the fire. It shall devour the briars and the thorns and kindle in the thickets of the forest. They shall mount up like rising smoke and increase worsening of wickedness. How many here would say, No, everything's just fine. No, uh-uh. Nobody would. It's because we're seeing this every day. Worsening more and more. There's an increase in rapid and easy faultless divorce. Fewer children and less respect for their parents and parenthood. A breakdown of most inhibitions against adultery. The rapid rise of spread of juvenile delinquency. And the common acceptance of all forms of sexual perversion. As I mentioned, transgender. I talked about it several weeks ago. I've never been confused what sex I am. <laughs> it's not like this is like a, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize how God made you, okay? I don't know what happens to you, why you start thinking otherwise. But it's demonic. It's demonic. And kids are being taught that in Washington State from kindergarten right on up that, you know, well, you know, you, I, feel like a, I feel like a girl and it's a guy. I feel like a, a, a guy that's a girl. I, I, I don't know what I am. Why? It's because they have led us astray. And there's confusion. They don't even know what they are. You see, when things to us become so simple where we understand it immediately, and yet we see the whole world out there is walking right over the cliff. Do you know where that's coming from? Straight from the pit of hell. It's coming straight from Satan himself. Because he's deceiving people today. And he's taking a whole lot of people with him. But you see, you and I, we have an opportunity. A big opportunity. To share Jesus Christ with those. Because he's our only hope. He's our only way. Revival. Revive us, O oh God. Revive us again. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves, humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land the first step is humility some people maybe even here today may be saying I have no idea what you're saying today I am fine I'm alright I hope not that you're not thinking that maybe so I don't know maybe you haven't really just uh, humbled yourself to a point to where maybe God has and the word comes from humiliation that he has humbled you. Because what we've said is, God, I kind of think I can do it myself. I kind of, uh, you know, I've gotten along pretty good here. And, you know, when I really need you, I'll call on you. When I really get in real bad trouble, I'll call on you. No, God is saying that's pride. And pride comes before fall. And he says, I hate pride. That's what happened when the 
when they, and Adam and Eve, they fell. And, and, and they, they were prideful. They didn't need God. Let me tell you today, our nation and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ desperately needs God Almighty to come back. We are desperate for Him. I am desperate for God's Spirit to come in power. I don't care what it means. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care where He takes me. I do not care. I want God Almighty to come in power back in the church today. I want an old-fashioned revival. But I want even more than that. I want Him to do a new-fashioned revival for this generation of people. Pray, church. Pray like you never have before for this nation. Because God Almighty has brought us to a place. But if you and I will rise up and pray and repent, I repent, Lord. Take my sins from me. I have sinned against you. I've been kind of a little bit independent of you. Didn't realize how independent I thought I was of you. And put your dependency upon God Almighty. The power of God is going to be poured out. I know. Can't you hear the thunder in the distance? It's like a train on the edge of the town. You ever heard of a train in a little small country town? And that train starts coming. You can hear it coming. And you can hear it because it starts roaring. And you can hear it just like thunder. Here it comes. Revival's coming. Get ready. Ask God. Pour your heart out to Him. Believe Him for great things. And do the things He's called us to do. And that is, when we have opportunities to vote, which will be in this November, get to the ballot box. Ask the Lord before you get to that time, who has a tender heart towards you? And then vote as the Holy Spirit leads you. I know He'll answer that prayer. And so do you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, your truth. We thank you, Lord, that you're here. And we bow, we humble our hearts and we pray. And we seek your face. And we turn from our wicked ways. And you said you would heal our land. Come, Holy Spirit. The Spanish word is, Espiritu Santo Ven. Come, Holy Spirit. Open our hearts to you. In this church, come in the flood of your grace and your mercy and your power. We welcome you here in our lives individually and here corporately as we've gathered today. We're your bride. And Lord Jesus, we want to be ready. Help us to have our lamps trimmed full of the oil of the Holy Spirit. That we truly may meet you as you call us. And we'll be prepared. But if there be anyone here today who's never received Christ. Today may be the day. Today may be the day you give your heart to Christ. And you just say, I, I, I've done things my own way. I thought I was a Christian, but, but I've really never surrendered. And I've never made Jesus Lord of my life. Today may be the day. That God is just putting his hand on your heart and saying, I love you. And I want to show you and give you the very best. Today may be the day. You do that by opening your heart and saying, Jesus, forgive me. Come in my heart and save me. Be my Lord and Savior. 
There may be some of you here today, someone, who says, I just feel like God is calling me for a particular task. Maybe it's a, all things are ministry. Maybe a particular task, whatever it may be, I want to surrender right now. I don't know what it is, but there's something happening in my heart I can't understand. It's a move of the Spirit of God, and I surrender right now. I give it to Him. Maybe the whole church. It's my heart, too. I give it to you. Whatever it may be. Whatever the need may be. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch us. Come and visit us. We need you. And we're longing for your touch. Revive us. Renew us. I pray tomorrow in all the celebrations that take place here in Lake City and all over this city and all over this country. I ask that Spirit of the Lord, you, you, would, you would visit with us in that celebration. As people gather, people's hearts would be tugged to say, I need, I need to walk with Jesus. I, I've strayed away. You see, today, there's so many people that are backslidden. There's so many people who have wandered away from the church, away from God. I just want to come back. Holy Spirit, draw them. Draw them. We ask these things today. Lord, you do what you want to do. We're yours. We've been bought with a price. We're no longer on. You do with me. Father, what you want. I don't care what you do. But dear God, do it. Touch us, O Lord. Fill us, Holy Spirit. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There is, there's actually what's happening here. I can, the Lord just spoke. He said, <clears throat> there's brokenness is coming. You may weep before the Lord. You may get before the Lord in your time there and you're sitting and ask the Spirit to touch you. you we're going to be broken, church. Because the only way He can use us and he'll, he'll remake us is after we've been broken. And I know that sometimes people say, Jim, don't ask for a spirit of brokenness. But that's what we're asking for, isn't it? He's going to break us. And you may say, I can't stop crying. I can't stop weeping. What is happening to me? You're being broken. Because that's the only way God can use us. Till we're broken. And the potter, he takes and molds us back the way he wants. If that happens, know what's happening. It's the Spirit of God beginning to move through this church, through your life, through the body of Christ. It's happening. Be aware and give praise. Amen.